Welcome to a new episode of Liftoff, a Jets football podcast with your host, Chris N. from playlikeaject.com, Mr. Sharman Phillip. And remember, you could catch us wherever you get your podcasts at Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio. And you could also catch us on Sportswire Radio at sportsinarium.com backslash player. And you can follow the station manager, Thomas Bryce, at Thomas Bryce 2017 for all the scheduling. And you could also catch us on Twitter at Liftoff Jets. You could text, uh, tweet us there if you have any questions. If you want to jump on with us and chat with us, that would be great. Uh, you could also tweet to Charmin at Grown Folk 1980. And you could catch me at CP7NY. So, Charmin, what's going on, man? I feel great after last week. <laughs> yeah, uh, man, this is this is different, right? Um, as a Jets fan, I think we we lived for days like this when we were down, you know, down in the dumps for so long. Um, any little win would you know, or anything that smells like a win, we would uh, accept. This was on another level. I think it, it I think in other, in a lot of ways, um, we were able to kind of finally understand the vision that Joe Douglas has for the, for the Jets. And um, I mean, you could you could you could say however you want you could not in any way see this coming at all like this is not something that we knew was going to happen or had any inkling right i mean <laughs> how <No. laughs> you know what i mean how i mean uh i mean we'll go through the picks one by one but i'm telling you right now uh i don't know any jets fan that had that kind of outcome on their mind minds at all Unfortunately, again, like last episode, I was saying a lot of fans of other teams would stop me and tell me stuff like, oh, you guys, uh, you guys ready to mess the jacks up again? You know, guess what? We <laughs> did not. And not only we didn't, almost every pundit you could find on the Internet said that we won the draft, which is kind of strange, right? Like, yeah, there's always that one sh- <laughs> one person or two or three but you know what looking back like when we first when the Jets first hired Joe Douglas this is something that we envisioned or we had hoped that would one day happen you know where we have a GM that's gonna actually know how to draft you know it's not gonna be one of those we're gonna if we get lucky we'll hit two you know I mean the last two last draft last year's draft and this year's draft so far looks like has been all hits. The first one wasn't so good, but these last two have been amazing. And it's just something that when I look back at the time, when, when we first got Joe Douglas, unfortunately, Gase was still here. Like our team was, had no talent whatsoever on, on the roster. And he basically had to totally revamp the roster. I mean, how many, I think there's one player left from his first year, right? Or two players? Who, who, who are we uh, talking about? Because I can't remember the top of my head. Um, who's the guys? Well, from, was it like backup offensive linemen or something like that? Maybe. maybe. Oh, yeah. Uh, Adoba, maybe? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would say that. Because, wait. Adoba sounds about right. But from his first draft. Yeah. 
right. His first draft, we got Becton, right. And we got Hall, right. And I think Huff was in that, was that one too? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, but before that, I mean, there's been nobody left from this team, you know, from mm-hmm. that team to now. So he had to tow and he's done it pretty quickly when you think about it. Yep. Uh, and when you think back and you look at that roster and then you look at this roster now, I mean, we actually got, there's actually talent on this roster now. I mean, we could look at it and yeah. say, you know what? We got a chance here. <laughs> we got yeah. a decent team. I mean, I mean, some um, holes, you know, so, you know. To, right. To, to, you know, to be fully honest, um, you know, just to, you know, just to iron everything out, basically the players that, that he has brought in um they're not only great or talented at playing football but they're high character um, human beings and off the field um uh a lot of those guys sound the same you start hearing you start hearing the echoes of responses from questions uh asked by reporters you know about what really fuels them you know um you you go around and you hear you you hear this the conversations or the questions that have been asked of uh of elijah moore and the way he answers those questions and all he seems to think about is how great he wants to be and what it takes to be great and he wants to find that so he's on a never-ending journey to find what would make him the greatest wide receiver and it's nothing outside him that's fueling him other than just his, you know, his, the the want or the need to be great. And he will right. do whatever it takes, right? You hear him say that, you hear Zach talk the same way, you hear, and then you hear all these rookies come in and you kind of hear the same thing. You know, one of the first things I like, uh, uh, one of the things that kept echoing out to me in our first draft pick in Sauce Gardner was, he kept saying how he's intrinsically motivated, you know, um, meaning that he basically fueled by something in himself to become more, to become great. And his journey um, um, kind of spells that out. You go to the next kid in, in Wilson, and Wilson is, uh, again, you know, I never really did a deep dive into his background didn't know that his father was some was a star basketball player for Davidson, who was uh, um, Steph Curry's um, former school uh, way back in the day. And his father is a CEO of some health company. Um, and the kid has been a you know a, a difference maker or a different kid for a long time. And if you want to know more about the kid. Um, uh, play like a jet. Uh, um, Scott Mason has a has an interview with uh, with a reporter um, that would uh, that has all that the little tidbits about his life, about his growing, uh, what made him into the kid he is or the person he is now. Um, but also, you hear the stories about um, about Jermaine Johnson. It's the same thing, you know, from a kid that went to JUCO, uh, survived that. Ended up in Georgia some somehow, one of the best schools in the country, playing the defensive end, 
in a in a in a group of people that are so talented that you see how many people that got drafted from Georgia, you know, record setting amount of amount of talented people. So he left Georgia just so he could get more snaps, went to FSU and guess what? You know, he showed out, you know, in FSU because again, like I said, there's just this constant, a continuation of, you know, resounding similarities between these players and like you know joe douglas has a type you know the 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 thing we didn't know was that the the type would be number one best consensus corner in the draft number two best consensus wide receiver in the draft and number three best consensus running back which he traded up in the second round to get and the edge rusher he got was top three in a lot of people's minds and yep. at edge rusher. So, I mean, we're oh, gonna oh. we're gonna de- dig a little deeper in that into that. But I mean, it's just awesome to, to me when you look at the picture, right? The man walks in, you know, like every other GM gives his spiel, right? And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, you know, what's the deal? You know, we've heard this before. And for him to step by step, right, attack these things that he said that was important to him, offensive line, playmakers, speed, quarterback. I mean, we don't know what Zach Wilson is yet, but guys, come on, you know, looking at, you know, what are we looking at right now? I mean, what quarterback wouldn't give his everything to be in a position that like Zach Wilson's in right now? Yeah. I mean, now it's, it's all up to him now. I mean, we can't say there's no weapons. We can't say anything on that offense right now. It is set up for him to take the next step to progress and to become that quarterback that they hoped he would be, or we all hoped he could become. And remember that the three guys they got in the first round were, were in their top eight on their board. (laughs) So to get three guys in their top eight on their board is is amazing, right? For a team yes. to get, you know, three guys in their top eight, pretty impressive. So, all right, yeah. so we'll we'll start breaking it down. Uh, let's start, of course. All right, at number four, I think me and you, and I would say a lot of Jet fans were hoping for and expecting at number four to get Thibodeau, right? I think we yes. were all kind of, because he was there, it was like, all right, we got him. And then out came the name, Ahmad Sauce Gardner, cornerback from Cincinnati. Uh, what's your okay? I I was a little disappointed. Not that I'm not that I don't like Gardner. I think he's he's awesome. I think he's going to be a great corner for us. But I was really hoping for the edge rusher here. Well, what were your thoughts? I mean, it just shows. It just goes to show you how disconnected we are from the view, the the uh, you know the view of the coaches and the front office in that team, right? Um, we're thinking they were going to go pass rush. They need pass rush. That's what they yeah. do. That's what they, they don't value corner. Well, I think, I think, uh, our friend Joe, uh, um, constantly Joe blew it. Um, basically said the right, like he had been preaching for months that sauce Gardner was basically the best player not just corner best pure player 
because of what he could do on the field. Um, and and the fact that when when Joe said that, and I I remember I, it took me a while because I, I it's hard for me to catch up with Joe's work because Joe does like an hour long breakdown of each player. And um, when I watched it, I came away like I was confused because I was I felt like you. I wanted the edge rusher, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and I'm like, but got to get edge, right? I mean, as much as this kid is crazy, good. Shouldn't we get edge? You know what I mean? So I guess that's where the conflict was in all of us. I'm, I'm only, I guess let me speak for myself because I don't know how you, why you felt the way you felt. But for me, that was the reason why I was conflicted. When we picked him, it wasn't that I was disappointed that, I don't know, I want to say I was disappointed. I was surprised. Yeah. Because I was, I was so sure that the, that the Jets really valued edge rusher more than Sauce Gardner. And, but, it, but again, it goes to show you how much they love this kid, right? They felt that he was, like Joe Blewett felt, that he was the best all-around player. And there's many reasons why we think that. And, and it's not just Joe. It's a lot of people that think that. If you watch him play as a cornerback, his skill as a cornerback, his, his length as a cornerback, his technique as a cornerback, um, it's all overall, you measure those things and then you take, you try to measure that against other players of, of, of different position. There's nobody that does what he does the way he does it at the level he does it consistently. And he had done it for a long time. You know, everybody's going to say, oh, well, you know, he never faced big competition. Uh, nobody watched the Alabama game. You know, there was the best at the time wide receiver in the country he faced. And what did he do? <laughs> you know, this is this is what I'm saying. Like you had the proof that this kid was special. And I think that goes, that's the reason why the Jets were enamored with him. Take him, put him in a system where again and again and again, uh, Robert Salah has made it clear that third down six, third down three, third down four, I'm gonna put you out there. You got to make a play. That's the question. Can you make that play? This kid has shown in college that he can. Will he take that and transfer it into the pros? It remains to be seen, but he has the wares to allow himself to become that great. So Let's see how that works out. And you got to remember too, you know, like we, we all like Bryce Hall from last year, and Brandon Eccles played a lot too. But yes. they only had two interceptions all year between the two of them. Mm -hmm. So that's that's not good for your cornerback. So I think they're they're kind of hoping that um, Sauce could come in and give them that big playability, not just obviously the the coverage ability, but also the big playability as well. And I think taking Sauce was the it might've been the right pick. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but it was also the safer pick because all we heard right leading up to draft day was everything about Thibodeau, like all this off the field stuff. I don't know where it was. I don't know 
Hmm. I, I still don't know where it is. So <laughs> I, I, I don't get it, you know, because yeah. on the field, you see it, you know, and when you hear all these, you know, the scouts say, oh, he's great. He's got the, one of the best first, you know, quickest first steps you'll ever see in your, you know, in your life and all this kind of stuff. So I, I don't get it. I, I mean, good luck to the Giants. And hopefully he does turn out to be great, which we see, but maybe he's not. Maybe Maybe the Jets are right. Maybe this is the, the right, you know, the better pick. And obviously they I don't, him, you know, Gardner right. over him anyway. So, but because I don't think it's specifically because they think that he is not going to be a great pass rusher. I just think they valued the corner more they, right. than they valued um, the, the skill level of the pass rusher they were going to get. And, and if, and again, I'm going to go back. There's, there's a few people that I, I trust like highly trust when it comes to evaluating players. Um, I think, I think there's one person that I, that I listen to more than anything else. I mean, I love Joe Blewett, but he's not number one. Greg Cosell in my mind, NFL films guy is probably is one of the best. If you've been watching football, and has access to football film for the last 40 years, and you watch it 15, 15 hours a day, I will, I will defer to your expertise every time. And this man said a long time ago that in this draft, as talented as a lot of the <clears throat> top edge rushers are, the one edge rusher that we, we're going to talk about him later, the one edge rusher that is that has the highest ceiling and might be the best past rusher is Jermaine Johnson. So if the, the Jets had Jermaine Johnson as an edge rusher as high as they did, and he was he wasn't on the board yet, right? But they had sauce higher than him, right? Right. They would not they would not value Thibodeau as high as everybody else did. And they and they probably knew that. So they took the shot at taking the best guy that they had on their board and waited until, you know, wherever to be able to get Johnson, you know. Um, so, so in my opinion, again, I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty, but they, I think, I think they played it right, <laughs> and I don't know if you did it twenty times if they were going to play it the same way, but I think they, that the feeling was. Sauce was the man for the first pick. Um, you add him to a DJ Reed that signed the three-year, $33 million. You know, again, mm -hmm. Bryce Hall wasn't a bad player. Brandon Eccles played a really, showed signs of being a really good player. You can't have enough corners in this league, guys. You can't. There's no, way too much passing getting done in this NFL. You cannot have, you cannot just have pass rush. Because a lot of these, a lot of these plays that they're calling, sometimes the ball is out so quickly, your pass rush doesn't even get there. You know, um, there's so much that goes into into NFL passing games now that you have to have elite coverage or damn near close to it. So I understand why they did it. Again, like I said at the moment, I was surprised, but I definitely understood. The reason, and I think the more I listen to Gardner speak, I don't only like the fact that he is as skilled and as good of a corner as he is, but it seems like he's a great 
person also, which kind of, like I said, is what Joe Douglas uh, strives to bring, not only great football players, but human beings that are awesome too. And just to add a little bit to why they did go with Gardner, the Jets allowed the third worst completion rate at 68%. And they also yielded 73 plays of at least 20 yards, which was also 31st in the league. So our corners were not good. That's what that's telling you. And we got a guy in Sauce Gardner that gave up zero touchdowns in his college career as a cornerback. Zero. In over a thousand coverage snaps, he gave up zero touchdowns in three years. The guy runs a four-four-one in the forty. Now, here's all right, here's the the more uh, detailed question for you. He's yes. normally he's normally known playing man-to-man. Now the Jets right. play a zone defense, right? Well, that's that's the thing. Um, these these uh, stipulations that we put on defenses and offenses, these need to go away. It's starting to become more uh, play by play at times. Oh, okay. When you say a team is playing a playing man, or they play man all the time, it's almost never that because defenses do so much now to answer the call for the amount of different kinds of uh, route concepts that, that offenses comes up, come up with that they don't have a choice. You see teams play half of a field, man, and half of a field zone. You see teams play zone pre-snap and, and, and plays man post-snap, you know? So you have to have people on players that could do both. And even if he is very good at playing Man, and he will say that he will also tell you that he's not a slouch at playing zone either. He and I and I have watched him be patient enough, which in zone you have to be, and keep his eyes in the right place. You see him do that all the time. He's very, very consistent. It's one of the thing. Another thing that kind of steps that shows one of the reasons why he's so good is because he's he's very disciplined. You know, you don't see him. He's not one of those guys. Oh, you know, most of those guys, they get interceptions because they they take chances. It seems like he takes chances at the right time. You know what I mean? I, so 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 this this guy, I think, is an all rounder. Um, again, I'm not saying that he's as good of a zone player as he is as a man player, because I think there's parts in his game as a zone player that he needs to cha- work on. Uh there's better guys to explain that <laughs> than me, but I don't think we'll we'll lose that much skill when if we're playing zone. Um, when you know when we switch between zone and man, when this man's on the field. Okay, so and he's also only the fourth corner we've drafted in the first round in the last twenty years, right? Two thousand seven, you had Revis. Then we obviously future Hall of Famer. Then you had Kyle Wilson in 2010, not a future Hall of Famer, and mm. D. Milliner uh, in 2013, another <laughs> uh, bust. <laughs> so hopefully we, <laughs> hopefully we bookend this last 20 years with another future Hall of Famer or a very good cornerback. So yes, sir. All right. So all right. So our next pick was at 10, and my thinking again was, all right, mm. now we're going to get the edge rusher. Maybe now we'll get. 
because Jermaine Johnson was still out there. Um, and no, we end up going another great player, Garrett Wilson, wide receiver out of Ohio State. Now, well, what were your thinking going into this 10 pick? I think I think uh, I had my opinion out there on on Garrett Wilson. I, I thought Garrett Wilson was the better um, wide receiver. A lot of people, I actually had this argument when people started talking about um, they thought Olave was better than him, which was kind of crazy for me. I think I think people mistake ceiling for best, you know. And I th- and and even with ceiling, I think Garrett I think Garrett Garrett Wilson is a higher has a higher ceiling than Olave for me. Um, uh, you know the smooth athleticism of of Olave and all that stuff. I understand that. I'm not saying no, but the way that Wilson plays the game is kind of crazy for a guy that's like six foot. Is he like a little over or under? He's like six foot, (laughs) basically six foot. That makes no sense. (laughs) You know, he he's a he's a jump ball artist at six foot and he shows you he wins at catching the ball at at high point in the ball how he has a background playing basketball he was actually a very good basketball player he just chose to play football instead um so he has that part of his game he also has the speed to burn where i think in the 40 in the 40 at the combine he, he ran like a 438 you know sub 40 speed um the route running is damn is so good, man. He's understanding of getting into um, corners, blind spots, manipulating them, getting in and out of his breaks very quickly, not selling where he's going. Um, he's, he has so many different releases and stuff like that. I am telling you, this kid is good. And, and I think you take the, the, you take somebody like that that has the route running experience, the speed, and then you pair him with what we already have in Elijah Moore that could do the same things, you know? Um, that's, that's dangerous, man. We haven't had anything like this in a long time. You know what it reminds me of? What? Didn't Santana Moss and Lavernius Coles play at the same time together yep. on and our team? Just to add to it, Moss was the last wide receiver that we drafted in the first round, and that was in two thousand one. Yeah. There you go, <laughs> there you go, and and that's that's what I'm saying. Like you take, that's what it reminds me of. We, I can't remember yeah. that. That was probably the last time we had guys like that on the field. I understand you go, you could talk about Marshall and uh, what's his name, but I think they were different. Yeah, I think they were, they were more different. Bigger receivers, right? Uh, yeah. You know, the Definitely. I think I think Coles and Coles and, and Moss reminds me, they remind me of Coles and Moss, basically. Yeah. Um and just think like our receiver core now, like when you look at it, you sheesh. got Jared Wilson and you got Corey Davis. Yeah. You know, and you got obviously Elijah Moore. So yeah. now you add in Braxton Barrios as your four receiver. Yeah, and you're forgetting somebody. Right. And then Denzel Mims. Yep. He's still out there. And he said, you know, they've been working out in the OTAs and he looks great and all that. Listen, if he comes back and is on this team, he's your number five receiver. Hmm. 
right? And we got him last year in the second round thinking he shouldn't be, he shouldn't be our number five, by the way. No, because <laughs> but because his makeup, his size, his speed, his long arms, and all that, he's he basically should be behind all these guys we're talking about. It should be Corey Davis because he has the most experience, Elijah Moore, Williams, Wilson, and it should be him mm -hmm. coming after. You know? Right. Barrios should be like that gadget yes. guy, you know, the exactly. here and there or whatever. So and just to give give you some numbers on um on Wilson, like he said, a four three eight in the forty. Um Scored 12 touchdowns last year, including six on vertical routes. Uh, he averaged 15 point yards per catch, 70 catches for 1,051 yards last year. Again, um, you're yeah. going to squat. You're going to play. Hey, play that crap where you're squatting on Jets, on the Jets offense in the flats, because they're going to throw the ball. They're going to throw the ball into the, in the intermediate parts of the field, right? Right. That's what that's what that's what that's what uh, a lot of defenses were doing last year. And there were times that Elijah Moore actually got open, um, faking some of those of uh, um, cutting up some of those corners that were trying to squat on those short passes. Both Wilson and Moore could do that on both sides of the field. What that allows for is part another part of the offensive game we're going to be talking about coming coming up very soon. But just the sheer amount of, you know, uh, directions that this offense could go into, you know, it, the variety, and this is, and, and, and this is like a, a, a play caller's dream, um, that to me, uh, Michael Flores should like he to, I wouldn't be able to sleep if I was that man, I would be up drawing plays all day and night. <laughs> oh yeah well, now he's got yeah. the toys to play you know he's got these weapons now and he's like oh i could run this play i could run this play now so yeah just think about I, we little, didn't mention we didn't even mention the tight ends right that we signed right yeah yep. exactly we got ty conklin and and uh, uzuma from uh, yeah. cincinnati so we actually have tight ends now <laughs> you know <laughs> like last year i mean the last few years we have not had a tight end so all right, so now that was only our only two picks for the first round, but uh, as Jermaine Johnson kept falling throughout the draft, um, the Jets moved up, right? So they traded up. They it cost them a their second. Uh, it cost them their second, third, and fifth round, fifth rounder to move up to the twenty sixth pick, and that's where they got their edge rusher, Jermaine Johnson, the second from. Florida State. So yeah, and, now and have, you know you know how much I love that guy. And, and you know what? Now you look at it with these three players, and we'll get into uh, Jermaine Johnson. But when you look at these three players, this is gonna this may go down as our greatest first round we've ever had with these. Yeah, players. yeah. I mean, I saw people trying to. I thought I saw people trying to draw comparisons to the Pennington draft. With uh, with John Abraham, Sean Ellis. What year was that? You remember? Uh, two thousand. Yeah, I think I think people like I saw people trying to draw um, comparisons, and I thought so myself when I wrote my article. That was kind of what I thought of too. I thought of uh, um, that the the year when they drafted these guys. I you remember what round Pennington was drafted in? 
Oh, it, they, they had four first round picks that year. And he was one. Right. There you go. So, so it was John Abraham, Sean Ellis, him. I'm missing somebody. Um, Anthony Beck. Uh, yes. All four. You had Sean Ellis. Yes. With the 12 pick. You had John Abraham with the 13 pick, Chad Pennington with the 18 pick, and then Anthony Beck with the 27 pick. Now, really quick, like, okay, Ellis and Abraham, absolutely. Right. Great players. Now, Chad Pennington, as much as I love him, <laughs> I mean, oh, you're going to go there? No, I'm just saying, but he did get hurt a lot. So you can't really go out and say, all right, he did start for five years. So he wasn't like that, you know, oh my God, we hit the jackpot with this guy. And Anthony Beck was a solid guy. I don't want to yeah. give him, you know, I don't even think he was a, you know, a first rounder, but he was okay. Yeah, I, I but I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I, I mean, totally understand guys, what you're saying. These guys have a chance to become pro bowlers. I mean, Way better, yeah. Players. I so, agree. But, but yeah, sure, I'm yeah. talking so about Jermaine Johnson. What, what do you think yes. about him? Oh, yeah, man. I always had a really high grade on, on Jermaine Johnson. I think um, I always felt like I was torn between him and and uh, and and Kayvon Thibodeau um, for for specific reasons. I, it's not that I wasn't high on him, but Aiden Hutchinson worries me. And I and and. I don't know why, <laughs> you know, like I have a funny feeling. It's not because I think, because one of the conversation around Aiden Hutchinson for me was that Aiden Hutchinson reminded everybody of those Bosa brothers. But I thought the Bosa brothers were way more athletic, way quicker and faster than he was. I think he just had the, the same fire you know what i mean like he had yeah. the same hey let's go get it attitude and the non-stop running the motor basically um but i don't think he, he he was on the same level or he had the same level of of athleticism as those guys that's number one i thought they both both bosa brothers were better at at at, at, at um at rounding the arc than he was i think he was a little stiff when it comes to that again just my opinion, and I'm not anywhere near any of Connor Rogers or even anybody like that. I'm just my personal opinion. That was it. I didn't think, again, I didn't think he was going to be a bust or was going to be a bad player. I just felt like when I watched Kayvon Thibodeau, right, elite first step, Bull had that power, could, 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 you know, could do all the, the pass rush stuff. Be able to, you know, have the arm length, um, um, even showed flashes of being able to counter inside when when they when the arc was taken away from him. And and you you had that, you saw some of that, you but the fact that he was he was the elite athlete and he had the elite speed kind of separated him for me. And then for Jermaine Johnson, right? And <laughs> my guy. Joe Blewett, again, I have to mention him because when it comes to film, I don't get film. I don't get college film. It's probably one of the only, was one of two people that I could get college film from. And his outlook on Jermaine Johnson was Jermaine Johnson had a lot of flaws in his game. And the, the senior bowl run was what made him popular. And I disagree. 
I thought that there was more to Jermaine Johnson's game than just the fact that he had gotten hot. I thought that he was way more skilled. And I think there was something in that kind of bothered me too, was the fact that he was in Georgia where Georgia does not really teach edge rushing skill. That's not how they play defense. They don't allow for their edge rushers to just take off upfield. Uh, they play kind of a contained game. It's one of the reasons why, again, the first pick to the Jaguars was a surprise. Well, not that it was a surprise because I'd heard rumors that it was going to happen, that I, I still, I'm not saying that he's not capable of being a very good edge rusher, but he, hadn't, he hasn't been an edge rusher, not really in the purest form of it. So when you look at Jermaine Johnson, he'd been an edge rusher you knew that he was strong, like a bull. Like this guy, when it comes to setting the edge, was one of the best edge setters coming out in the draft. He showed you that he was consistent in his game by being able to amass a ridiculous amount of tackles. I think he, he whatever amount, 400 and something, whatever amount of tackles he had, he had amassed, there was so much that no other edge had, had as many tackles as he did, you know? Um, so there was his first, his game just spoke to me. I thought he he fit what the Jets wanted more than than uh, than anybody else. Even if, like I said, I would have loved Thibodeau. I think everything else to me just fits when it comes to the Jets and Jermaine Johnson. And I was hella surprised that the Jets were going to come up to get him at 26 and I, I just knew it was him. Once it was, when they came up to 26, I was like, yep, that's who they got. I didn't yep. even, to tell, to tell you the truth, I, I, will, I fell asleep. I didn't, I, and then I woke up and then I saw 26. I was like, I didn't even read the name. I was like, Jermaine Johnson. <laughs> I knew it. I yeah, just knew like, that what was what they're going to come up for when you exactly. think about it. <laughs> yeah. There was nobody else. I, I could, I could think of that, that they would have come up for. So, yeah, I mean, and and the and last but not least, you have to understand what that means. One of the one of the things that always bothered me about last year, right, was there were players that we had that were three tech guys that could rush the edge, but we had them rushing the edge when yeah they could do it, but that's not really their game. They needed to play inside, like John Franklin Myers. John Franklin Myers is a great athletic player. So you could put him on, a, on the outside, but that's not really his game. You take an, a healthy Carl Lawson, put him on one side. You take Jermaine Johnson, put him on one side. And you take Quinn and Williams <laughs> and John Franklin Myers on the inside, third and six, third and five, third and seven. Yep. Bro, <laughs> bro, this is a problem, man. Oh yeah. I'm telling you, this is gonna be a problem. Barring any injuries, if these guys stay healthy and they play together for a, a, a long stretch of games in this, in, in this upcoming season, teams are going to feel the wrath of that front seven, I'm, the front four, I'm telling you that. Oh, yeah. I, I think that I, I heard a few things about why he dropped a little bit because uh, some of the experts or some of the scouts from other teams thought, this guy is just a one-year wonder. 
because mm. he only had last year. Before last year, he was at junior, co- uh, you know, junior colleges junior for college. two years. He did, uh, like you said, Georgia, and he did really nothing. But last year, it came out of nowhere. Had a great year. Had a great uh, combine. He ran really fast. I think he ran four five eight in the forty. And mm-hmm. of course, he had the big senior um, at the Senior Bowl. He did great there too. So, but I think I think it was also a combination of when you look at the rest of the first rounds, how it was going, where the needs were a little higher for other teams. Um, and just for an example, I just this is just one team. The Eagles had two first round picks, right? Mm-hmm. One of them they traded up to get Jordan Davis, right? The defensive right. tackle. And the other first round pick that they had, they Jermaine Johnson was very high on their boards, but they used their other pick to trade for uh, AJ Brown. So right. I think that would have been that might have been the spot where he would have went. You know. Yeah. So I think that it, makes it, sense. Yeah, and you could probably make arguments for a lot of the other teams why they didn't go for him. You know, maybe they had a you know another position ranked higher in need instead of the edge rusher. And maybe they thought, all right, if he keeps dropping, maybe we'll get lucky. We'll trade up. And, but anyway, we're lucky. I think we got him. He fell to us. That's great. So I think after the first round, we were looking pretty good. Now heading into the second round, what did you think we were going to aim for? Not what we got, but what did you think second (laughs) round? (laughs) The, 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 the tight end and linebacker was what was on my mind. Mm-hmm. going into the second round that those those positions would yeah, were everything i could think yeah. and and linebackers specifically because nicobe dean was still on the board yeah and you know how how i felt about this guy and we got to have a conversation about this guy at some point right. but um that fell too far <laughs> yeah right. um but yeah that was my mind my mind was definitely on 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 linebacker and uh tight end yeah, I wasn't expecting this, but anyway, they moved, they traded back up um, just two spots to get um, their pick. They had to give up their third rounder and another fifth rounder um, to get them, but they moved up two spots and they ended up getting the number one running back in the draft, uh, Brees Hall from Iowa State. So mm-hmm. that was shocking to me. Well, what was your thoughts about, what's your thoughts about Brees Hall? That was very shocking to me. And uh, yeah, I mean, he's definitely the consensus best running back, right? Um, I mean, the 439 and the 40 blew up the combine. You know. <laughs> you know what I mean? I again when you when you think about the kind of production he had in college, you you know, you're like. That's that's a hell of a pick, right? But then you look at what the Jets had, and one of the reasons why I think most Jets fans never even thought of running back is you go and you look at Tevin Coleman is still on the field, is still there, um, and he showed that you know he showed an explosiveness. I think that we really we really loved seeing, and we thought that that uh, going forward he could really help us. And uh, Michael Carter. Was a had a hell of a season, even if it was cut short by injury. For the most part, he really he was really good and he was really promising. Um, I think I think at the end of the day, I think the 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 coaching staff and the front office came to the terms with the fact that maybe Michael Carter is best suited to be a one A. 
or one B. Right. You understand what I mean? Yeah. And uh, but I think the the magic of this pick is the fact that they complement each other so well. Uh, both um, uh, Brees Hall is a better third down back because he's actually very good in pass protection. Uh, one of the best pass protecting, I think, best pass protecting running backs or halfbacks coming out. Um, you would not think that of somebody so explosive that scored 41 touchdowns between 2020 and 2021. Uh, but he, but the part, the small parts of the game, he's very good at that too. And he's very good receiving the ball also. So at, at any given time, any one of those guys could be in the field and you don't know what's going to happen because they could do they They both could do everything. And they're both, uh, very elusive they both have a ton of contact balance which again you know carter showed you on multiple occasions i don't know how many times people tried to corner tackle him he you know he kind of like wiggles his way out of the tackle and then he's keep he keeps running down the field same thing with Brees hall it's hard to get him down a little bit of a bigger guy but it's hard to get him down and you just again uh joe douglas his willingness to kind of just keep adding weapon after weapon after weapon to create a, a, a cocoon of, of weapons, you know, around Zach Wilson is incredible. Give you some extra numbers on, on Brees Hall. His last two years in college, he's gained over 3000 yards over the two, over the last two seasons. And he has scored 41 rushing touchdowns. Yeah. So <laughs> you, now you know why they moved up for him. I mean, and just look at his film, YouTube this guy and you'll see why. And we, I, not many teams have a 1A and 1B like, like we have right now with yeah. our two guys. Right. And then you know, how, you know how much, um, how much the running game plays into that whole Shanahan type system, you know, um, Yes, uh, uh, Michael Flora really showed a propensity to run so many different types of of uh, of run game. I think I think uh, I think uh, doing a little research um, and watching and watching a lot of the games last year, you could tell that they were they weren't just running outside zone. They were willing to run anything and everything, and uh, and that plays back into their hand. The fact that they have running backs that could just do multiple things. You know, um, so you could never really count on them doing anything. You know, they could surprise you game plan wise. So this is just a, a hell of a pick, man, when you think about it. And the vision kind of clarif clarifies itself a little bit here, right? Oh, yeah. Do everything possible to make Zach Wilson become the next franchise quarterback of the New York Jets, right? Oh, and Basically, I, like that's I what it is. Really, there's no excuse now. <laughs> there's no excuse with, with the talent that he's got now on offense. There's just absolutely no. And to edit, we, now we go to the third round, uh, 101st overall, we draft from Long Island, actually, from, hmm. <laughs> from Lindenhurst High School, Jeremy Rucker, tight end from Ohio State. Um, this was a little bit of a surprise, too, because yes. who we signed in the offseason, we signed Uzama, and we signed Conklin. 
Um, they actually re-signed Kager to, to possibly turn into a tight end. I don't know how that's going to work out, but we had Yaboa still on our roster. Um, so this was a little bit of a surprise. I mean, really good player too. Um, we didn't see a big role for him in Ohio State because of the receivers that they had and because of the offense they ran. Um, what's your thoughts on Ruckert and this pick? Yeah, man. Uh, again, he I did not spend a lot of time looking at. Um, I didn't have a lot of film of. Um, I, I watched more of uh, the other kid that everybody would had the consensus better best tight end. I forget his name off the top of my head. Um, I did not watch a lot of record, but what I know now after doing a little research is this kid is better as a pass catcher than any, everybody thinks, because I think he was like highly touted going into a uh, out of, um, going to Ohio state. Um, one of the reasons why I said one of them was because he was, uh, he was really good at catching the ball. Um, but he went over there and guess what? He turned his game into let's block for the team again shows you a high character player high character person you and know a great blocker too yeah not just a not just a, 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 a an, um not just a, a, a okay blocker but you know he became very good at his game at, at you know to the point where i think the coach <laughs> uh refers to him as a bulldog of a blocker you know um salad's talking about him so um it's it's incredible that again, you take what the Jets got had in um, former Vikings uh, tight end in in Conklin, and then former Cincinnati tight end in Uzama, and then now you get this kid here that could turn you know, I mean the the again the the, the addition of constant. Uh, the constant echo is let's insert more and more and more weapons and more talent around this kid to make this kid better, to make this team better, you know, and, and I think, I think uh, Rucker will probably surprise a lot of people. Um, I think him being from Long Island and being his family, being long life Jets, Jets fans, I think, he, I, I think that's probably going to, gonna help motivate the crap out of him to become a still a still a stalwart on this team so uh i'm i'm hoping he stays around because i really like his moxie man i like his game yeah it'll be interesting and we've seen you know I, i'm sure everybody's seen the video of him getting the call from uh, joe douglas that they picked him and you know his family went crazy and he went crazy so uh definitely looking forward to this guy on the team but Basically, he's our third. I mean, that's the other thing. He's either our third tight end or our basically the the fullback, right? Instead <laughs> of uh, Wesco. So I'm sure you know he's got the skills to do that as well. So um, I'm sure they're going to get him involved more, you know, in in the offense. So um, and then with our first pick in the fourth round, number one hundred eleven overall, they got Max Mitchell, a tackle from Louisiana. Um, what's your thoughts on him? I didn't, I didn't know much about him either going in. Yeah. I didn't know much about him going, e going in either, but you know, after the fact, you know, a little bit of research, uh, very versatile guy. Right. Uh, I think he played, he, he has multiple snaps at 
um, experience in on multiple uh, positions on the on the offensive line. Um, he's known more to be a run blocking guy than he is a pass blocking guy. Um, but I think I think uh, again, uh, a lot of what you've seen is high IQ players um, I added to this team, and that's one of the things that came across reading about him and trying to dig up information about him, that he was a really smart guy, able to pick up playbooks real quickly and stuff like that. I think that's probably one of the reasons why they uh, uh, really um, were attracted to him and the fact that he could probably be a swing tackle because we, some of the guys we have on as, as depth pieces on our offense, uh, pieces, uh, pieces, sorry, on our offensive line is, uh, questionable at best that's what we gotta say so uh you know um i see the i see the vision behind that pick either too i think i think i understand what they're trying to do there um not sure what he's gonna turn into but i i understand the pick yeah i think he's more of a deaf guy you know uh probably the swing guy left he, he could play left he could play right he goes to play yeah. guard as well but uh, here's the other thing i wanted to ask you about the tackle you know, like uh, we've been hearing there's going to be a competition between Beckton and Fant for the left tackle spot. Whoever loses it is going to go to right tackle. Do you buy into that? Or do you think it's going to be Fant from the beginning and Beckton at right? Because how are they going to compete for left? And then you're going to switch a guy like, say, if if Beckton loses. I mean, this guy has been playing left tackle, right, for the last couple of years. And now you're going to move him to right tackle without him playing all summer? Like, how long is this competition going to be? Well, what, hmm. what are your thoughts on that? That's, that's, uh, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, I think, I think the coach, I think the coaching staff knows what they're doing. I think they're not just, they're not letting us in on uh, what they're about, what they're going to do. Um, personally, personally, I think, I think Fence should go back to right. Um, I think that's, it's only, it's only fair, right? I mean, uh, you know, you, you should not lose your, your position because of injury, you know, um, <laughs> but <laughs> I know there's a, but yeah, I yeah, know. with him, there's a but, little bit of a, but unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and, and Fant had a hell of a season at right tackle last year. Uh, so yeah, it's a good problem to have and it's going to take, you know, I, I, I bet they've had multiple, hundreds of conversations about this trying to figure out how to handle it so i'm not really worried about what they're gonna do they're gonna do the best the best what's best for the jets at the at the end but in my opinion fan needs to go back to right beckton goes back to left for me and and i i think it's gonna be decided early on i don't think it's gonna be a a long drawn out process no, exactly. whoever moves it doesn't matter like let's say if, if they do move beckton to right they're going to want him to work on the right side all summer to, so he could get better. So he could be ready for the regular season. Like you, that's like why, you know, that's why I think, yeah. that's why I think he's not, nobody's going anywhere. I think Fant is just going to go back to his position and, uh, and Beckton's going to go back to his position. I, that's why I agree with you. I agree that it would make any, it doesn't make any kind of sense trying to get these guys to fit into a position late in the season or late in, in the off season. And then they struggle throughout the first three, four, five games because they haven't been playing the position all, all off season. That doesn't make any sense to me. And I think that's kind of like shooting yourself in the foot. 
And I think so, you told me you, you told me, and it, it's kind of known is that it's not easy to play left and right. <laughs> you know, like no, it's not that no. easy to do both. So I've heard, I've heard it. I've heard offensive linemen refer to learning how to wipe your butt with your with your left hand when you've been wiping your butt with your right hand the whole time. <laughs> I'm sure that's hard, but okay. <laughs> so all right. All right. So that's a good segue to our next pick, our last pick. <laughs> um the 117th overall, our second fourth rounder, was uh this was one of those high risk, high reward picks. Um Michael Clemens, defensive end from Texas AM. He's already 25, he'll be 25 years old at the start of the season. Um, he's had a long injury history. He's had a couple of arrests as well. Um, he, his charges included unlawful possession of a weapon, small amount of marijuana, driving with an invalid license twice. Um, so, but I also read that he's also a great team leader. Like, so on the field, he's a great pick. Off the field, he's got all this baggage. Hmm. Maybe he's going to put all that behind him and and we hope, but uh, he was a three-year starter at, at A&M. Good player, uh, 12 sacks, 21 tackles for loss. Um, well, what are your thoughts on him? Did you, did you, what, what kind of background did you get on him? Uh, the, what I could tell is like, he's that pure edge rusher, right? Um, really quick off the, off the, he has a quick first step. Um, really, uh, he's a bully, man. Uh, loves getting physical. Um, he has a multitude of moves that he uses. Um, I like the way he bends. I think I think there's a little. There's he's pretty athletic. Um, he's not like elite athlete. Uh, he's not an elite athlete, but he's really good at doing that. He could. He definitely could play the game up the arc. Um, uh, you know, at at two sixty three. I mean, 6'5", 263, I think he moves very well. So I, I like his game when it comes to that. Um, and we know how Robert Sala loves rotating his off, his defensive linemen. Uh, I think I think if he could kind of clear a little space for himself, he might be able to stick around. But it'll be tough, man, because uh, we have a ton of guys there. Um, uh that's that'll be fighting for for snaps and it'll be tough for him too but that's a great opportunity for for him let's see what he could do with it yeah and and the defensive line is where we are deep at so it's going to be tough for him to even make the team right i mean like we said before i mean now you got jermaine johnson and lawson as your starters basically on the edge but then their backups we we, we re-signed vinnie curry you got Bryce yeah you have huff Yep. Right on the inside, you got Rankins, you got Quentin Williams, you got Franklin Myers. Yep. So this is a pretty deep unit here. So we'll yeah, Jonathan Marshall that was drafted last year too. Right. That showed little 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 splashes here and there. And Shepard, right, the other guy. Yeah. Yep. So it's going to be tough, but that's good. That's a good problem to have. Depth is <laughs> is a good problem to have, but. Well, what do you give the grade? I've seen a lot of B pluses. I see a lot of A's. I, I this mean, is definitely not a B plus, man. I mean, holy crap! You gotta really cringe your neck or try to give a B plus. I know. I I, I, mean, I had to go A, man. And, and this is not this is not this is not the bias. 
you know, this is not a bias, right? Because I'm I'm a Jets fan, but I could I could speak the truth when I when I need to when it comes to my team. And the way Joe Douglas maneuvered around in this draft, even if at some times it seemed like it was just pure luck that he ended up getting the players that he ended up getting, this was by far one of the best drafts that I have seen in my lifetime as a Jets fan. This oh. is an A plus in my opinion. So I ain't even. This is not. This is not just an A for me. This is an A plus. And and just to just to um, make everyone understand where I stand on this draft. If even if these players, all of them, don't pan out, the fact that this man dra- um, traded away Jamal Adams and S- Sam Donald just to get what he just did here. <laughs> to me, in my eyes, that in that's just that's all that alone gives him an A plus. <laughs> so, so I will have to find an, a a letter grade that's higher than A plus if if all of them get to be very good players. But I will be glad to work on that. Exactly. <laughs> so now that the draft is done, kind of talked about the players, um, and we gave him a. a a grade. Where do you see, like, when you look at the roster now, where's our, where's our weak link? I'm, I'm not comfortable at linebacker. What, what's your thoughts? To me, linebacker is. I totally agree. I'm, I'm uncomfortable at linebacker, and I'm still not that comfortable at safety. I understand. Yeah, I, I mean, I like Whitehead, and I understand him, but you're not. Whitehead's not going to be playing free safety. You know. I think Whitehead is gonna is gonna be playing a little closer to the line of scrimmage than that. Um, I am still worried at, at safety, and I'm worried at linebacker. I don't know what I don't know what what's gonna happen there. We'll see what happens there um, coming up, but most definitely that's the that's the areas of the team that I'm worried about, uh, and 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 I'm worried about how they will attack teams that are willing to run the ball at them because a lot of those guys are light in the pants man there's not a lot of there's not a there's not that one bully up the up the middle of the Jets defense that could take on one or two blocks like we had when we had uh what's his name that we just thought of Cassie you know so so that so that 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 worries me a little bit um yeah, those, those situations definitely that I just mentioned, those definitely worry. Yeah, I mean, right now our starters at linebacker are Mosley in the middle, and on the outside you got uh, Quincy Williams, and then the other side you got Nazo Dean, who we, you know, we didn't see much of him last year. Yeah. So really, you know, he's still a huge question mark because we don't know what he's going to do, you know, and exactly. it's a new position for him. <laughs> so, um, I, I yeah, I mean, with their – and they still got a decent amount of cap space left. So hopefully I'm hoping a linebacker becomes available. Uh, and maybe that's where they'll sign. And then if you look at safety, when you're talking about free safety, uh, yeah. right now Joyner is the starter. Yep. And remember he got hurt. What? He got hurt early in the season. He, he didn't play a game. He didn't even yeah. play a whole game. Yeah. So that's, a, and so that to me is a big question mark. I mean, behind him, you know, you got Davis and Parks, who we've seen, you know, okay yeah. players, but you'd rather see them as the backups than a the starter, you know? Exactly. 
And, uh, you know, and then we got Whitehead. So I, I think we're, you know, I think, uh, like you said, safety and linebacker are the biggest question marks. And I'll be honest, tackle because of Becton, because of the question mark with him and being hurt all last, mostly all of last year. Um, I, I'm, I'm not 100% with him either. And, and, and let's be honest, after this year, you know, fans are a free agent after this year. So what, what's our plan if, if we can't re-sign him? You know, what if someone gives him some crazy contract that we're not going to match? You know, what, what are we going to do? Well, at this point, he's still, it's the, he's still in-house. So right, at any right. point between yeah, now and the end of the season, <laughs> yeah, we're going to, we, we had a chance to make an offer. So um, yeah. we'll see, we'll see how that works out. But um, I, like I said, if, if, if we could see this man, Joe Douglas and his vision for this, for, for this franchise and the way he's pulling, pulling off the way, the things that he's pulling off, I can't, I can't, you know, doubt him at this moment. You know, um, I would, I would say that I'm willing to wait and see what his plans are for these positions. Definitely. I definitely, I'm, I definitely trust him. Of course, I trust the, the head coach. I love Salah. So, listen, we're, we're talking like, oh, a linebacker is a, a pro, you know, as a question mark or safety is a question mark. Meanwhile, they're sitting back and saying, we love our linebackers and we love our safeties. So, <laughs> who are we to say? Um, that's the way I look at it. I, I definitely trust. And just like last year when Morgan Moses became available and we jumped on him, I'm sure if somebody becomes available that, that we could use, that you know, they're going to do whatever they can to grab them. So I'm not worried about that. Yeah. So what, what else, just looking at the draft uh, as a whole, like what surprised you? Was any, anybody drafted a little higher than you thought or a little lower than you thought? Well, any surprises for you? I think the, I think the lower, the lower, I think I mentioned his name already in the Kobe Dean, which news came out. Um, sometime in the draft when he started sliding that, I think it was Ian Rappaport that said uh, uh, that he had some kind of pectoral injury. Yeah. Um, and, and, and he, he elected not to have surgery. Um, his, his people is saying, his people said uh, that it's, that it's not that bad and it doesn't need surgery, uh, but teams were trying to get him to have surgery. I don't, I don't know what's the truth on that one. And this is one of the things about the draft that bothered me a lot. Um, is it some, is there somebody spreading news about this kid? You know, that's not true to drive his, his, his stock down, you know, because his why right. And who would do that? And why would somebody do that? Yeah. And that's the thing that bothers me. I don't understand what, who would gain, from having him lose, I don't get it, you know, because to me, a hell of a player, you know, to me, one of the better draft picks, he should, he should have been draft, drafted before the mid middle of the first round. In my opinion, that's how much I, how much I, I liked him as a player. Uh, so um, it, it's confusing for me that the, uh, um, that he that he fell that 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 he fell and not only that he fell but the uh, that the fact that the news about the injury came out 
and then they're cons you know they're basically uh his people and his team and himself when asked um dispute a lot of the claims out there you know yeah so i i, I don't know man it it, it it's kind of crazy for me um i'm i'm who i think I thought I thought uh, Chris Olave would not. I didn't. I think he got picked at it I, higher than I thought he would. I, but I'm not really surprised. I think a lot of people were high on him. Um, so yeah, he, I understand. He's the guy I was going to bring up to you. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely understand why they picked him and putting him in a position where he does not have to be the A one guy and he could he could be um, the 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 one B to uh, what's his name. Uh, the wide receiver in, in New Orleans, big guy. Um, oh, um, forget his name. That's um, if he comes back. He may not even come back. Yeah, I think I think I think the player that there's two players that that I think I was really high on. There was one player that I was really high on that I was surprised that he that um, somebody picked him where they picked him was uh, Kaye Ilum. Elam, Elam um, was one of my favorite corners. And the fact that he went at 23 to Buffalo Bills pissed me off, number one. Because mm. <laughs> who, like, I, like, this kid is awesome. I really love this kid, man. And the fact that he's all of a sudden, he's like my sworn enemy all of a sudden. <laughs> hated that. <laughs> you know, Michael, um, Thomas. Michael Thomas is the guy. Michael Thomas, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and, and the pick before Elam. Quay Walker pick was a surprise. But because I was Quay Walker ended up being, yeah, he ended up being the, the first the first linebacker taken. I'm not saying that he's a bad player. Again, this, this is the thing that 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 bothers me about it. I think to me, I think Kobe Dean is a better player. Now, you know, that's just me. Even you know. Devin Lloyd, I would have put over him too. Yeah, and and that that I don't I don't know. You know, and Lloyd Lloyd goes all the way all the way down at number twenty seven when I think Lloyd should have been picked before that. Uh, and so, so he, just getting back to the wide receivers, I think Jamison Williams going after Olave. Yeah, surprised me. Yep, I, I thought Jamison Williams. I guess because of the injury, maybe, but I, you know, like you said, Olave was picked a little a little too high. I thought Williams was picked a little low because he was below Olave. <laughs> Another another player I think that went high that I thought he shouldn't have been in the first round was is the Packers picking Devontae Wyatt, the defensive tackle. Somebody got to explain this to me because as good as he played in a hell of a team, he had a hell of a team around him, so I understand that. But I don't think Wyatt is that good. He's not first round good. I'm sorry, like that's just my take. I don't. I think I thought that he was like middle second, early second, perhaps. Yeah. You know, I don't know about that, man. I really don't. I'm. I, I was really surprised about him getting that, getting, getting, getting picked that high, and and the like. Not only did he get picked at number twenty-eight, the guy that I thought um, that 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 you know. Um, I think it was, what's his name? Uh, it got picked in the early second round. I'm trying to remember his name off the top of my head. You know, 
Oh, another tackle? Another DT? Another defensive tackle, yeah. I mean, sheesh, man. I don't, I don't know, man. You know, I, I mean, I, I said uh, Davis was the first tackle to go. Um, and, yeah. and, and, and. Yeah, the Eagles traded up to get him. Um, again, unless they're going to be asking him to do different. Right, he's again, a great run stopper, but can he play all three downs? That's going to be the question. We've never seen him do it. And right. maybe, maybe, they've, maybe they've projected him to do that and they've, they've run him through their gauntlet of tests and he has shown that he could do that. Fine by me, but I would not, I would not, I would not have picked Jordan Davis that high up. You I know, certainly wouldn't have traded up for him. Yeah, exactly. I would have waited where I was, and if and, and he could and he could shut us and he could shut us up at any moment. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, no, I could, wouldn't tell that but... to his face. No. <laughs> Not even if I was but in the I, same state as him. I don't think I would have said. No, that. I no, I don't have no. <laughs> That's a uh, best dude. <laughs> yeah. Can I excuse myself? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you know, oh, here's um, another one. How about yes. uh, Dotson? The uh, the wide receiver from Penn State, he went sixteenth well, overall. Well, I told you how I like, I how much how I felt about this kid. I like him, but not sixteenth overall. I really liked him. I really liked him, and 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 I, I thought somebody was gonna fall in love with him too. You know, I thought somebody was gonna fall in love with him too. That's why. That's why I. Uh, that's why I am. I, as much as I'm a little torn about where he's picked. The fact that I think he's going to be awesome. I think he's going to be a hell of a player, man. Um, for me, is the reason why I am, you know, I'm not conflicted about the pick so much so. Um, because I really, really like that kid. I think he's going to be special. I think you put him in that, in that wide receiver room together with Scary Terry. <laughs> it's going to be a problem. I, I, I'm telling you, man. I, I like that. I like the combination of him and Terry. And the other big pick that everybody was kind of uh, surprised at was Cole Strange, the guard center. Yeah. yeah. Going to the Patriots uh, at 29. When most had him, what, third round, maybe? Low second listen, round? <laughs> can we stop doubting the Patriots and what they do? I mean, the Patriots don't draft talented players. They barely do. They just draft guys that fit what they do. Basically, that's what it is. And everything they do is unorthodox. They don't do anything like any, everybody else. So they pick players that fit what they do. That's why a lot of those players, when they leave New England and they go play somewhere else, they're they not, they not, they suck. I'm sorry. Oh, they don't. Oh, okay. Sorry. I, I will apologize. Not suck. But they don't play up to the level that they would play playing in the New England system because they're they were brought on to fit a specific job, a specific part of their scheme that they run. And when you do that job well and you do it just the way that the, the your coach tells you to do, like they say up there, do your job. <laughs> that team is is formidable. That's just how it happened. I don't know how. That's just how it is. They they haven't had like an a, a, a ridiculously talented, strong, fast, off the ball defensive tackle in a long time. Just a bunch of guys that do it, but they're always up there in run stops. 
They're always up against the run as, as a defense. How do they do that? Because guys fit what they do. They just take a guy, they bring him into their system because the guy does things that fit what they do. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stand here and doubt that cold strange is gonna fit whatever they do. I, I, I can't, I can't do it. it. It happens way too often that they know what they're doing and everybody else just doesn't. Well, the other, well, think about it. For the last almost twenty years, well, after, uh, I'm sorry. You gotta remember, they had Tom Brady for what? How many years? So they could pick certain guys without a without a great quarterback their system is going to be a good system but without a great quarterback it's not going to go that far you know what i mean i think having a, a guy like tom brady makes up for some mistakes at least their offensive picks right so that's going to be the interesting thing like i just same thing with us right if their quarterback doesn't progress and take the next step then they can pick all they want. If they don't have a good quarterback, it ain't going to work. Hmm. Just like with us, we have, we have a really good roster now, especially on offense. But yep. if that guy throwing the football <laughs> doesn't take that next step and doesn't progress, it's, you know, we're back to square one. We're back to drafting, you know, fourth again overall next year. So unfortunately, it's down to one guy, you know? That's true. It, it's okay. it's 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 a quarterback dominated um uh league right now and the nfl is all about the quarterback and even yeah, when yeah. and even when you're talking about you're not talking about quarterback you're talking about quarterback the reason guess why the reason why you go get a garrett wilson because it's about quarterback right <laughs> guess why <laughs> you go get a corner to be able to cover um <laughs> great wide receivers it's about the quarterback exactly. <laughs> so and when you get edge rushes guess what do you do you get edge rushes to rush the quarterback get to the quarterback it's, it's about <laughs> getting to the quarterback and it's about protecting your quarterback yeah basically that's what it is <laughs> yeah. you know so it's 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 a court it's a qb's game man at the end of the day so yep it's always going to be that and on unless until your team and we're talking about our team too until our quarterback becomes a an above average player in this league to a great player in this league, we're not going to be able to rip the benefits of a draft, even though the draft is as good as it is this year. Exactly. Um, next week, we're going to be, we're trying to get Andrew Golden um, for the, um, for another kind of draft recap. And we'll get into more of the, uh, the entire NFL, not just our guys, but, We'll we'll kind of we'll we'll break down our guys as well a little bit more, but uh, we're gonna try to get Andrew Golden next week. So look out for that. Um, and remember, follow us on Twitter uh, at Liftoff Jets um, at Grown Folk nineteen eighty for Charmin and for myself CP seven and Y. If you guys want to uh, have a conversation on Twitter, or if you guys want to come on the show, we are more than welcome. You know, you are more than welcome to joining us. Um, because you know what, this show is about talking to you guys and just talking Jets. So listen, if you guys want to join our conversation, come on, you know, you are more than welcome to joining us. So um, you guys have an open invitation. Just hit us up on Twitter. Um, and remember, you can, you can catch us everywhere, Spotify, Apple, Google, and iHeartRadio as well. So um, until next week, um, have a good week, and we will talk to you guys next week. Take it easy, guys.